Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, you are listening to Just Films and That. This is the podcast where we talk about films we think might be underrated, underseen, or sometimes we just want to talk about them. Uh, I'm the host, Josh Hallam, and I'm joined, as ever, by my co-host, Alice Oliver. Uh, it's her turn to pick this week, and she chose The Wall, which is a Pink Floyd film from 1982. So, let's see what we think. Alice. hmm Would you say that we needed education? Nah, fuck that. We don't need no education. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> How you doing? You okay? Yeah, not bad. Thank you. Not bad. How about you? I, I'm good. I must apologise. I do have a bit of a sniffle. So mm-hmm. if anyone can hear me, I'll do my best to keep it to the middle. I don't think you can catch it through through podcasts and stuff. Well, we'll, we'll find uh, out. <laughs> <laughs> but, but if you do catch it, please free to give us a five-star review and put in it that you gave us, uh, that I gave you a cold through your headphones. Uh, anyway, it was Alice. that penetrating that it osmosised all the way through. Well, speaking of penetrating and osmosis, Alice, the wall. Well, indeed, segue, very, very tidy, um, very clean. Profesh, profesh. <laughs> um, you pick this one from 1982, mm-hmm. so spoiler ones if you've not seen it. Are we calling it Pink Floyd's The Wall or is it just The Wall? Well, it's actually Pink Floyd The Wall. Oh, I don't it? think it's even Pink Floyd's. I don't, don't think that sense. S is even really there. But don't... just the, the Wall, I think, is good. I think we'll we'll be able to... Don't even make any sense that. About. Pink Floyd the wall doesn't even Pink make any Floyd sense. Pink Floyd the wall. Right. Well, I guess it's just how it looks on the album, isn't it? Because it's Pink <laughs> Floyd and then it's the wall, which is the name of the album. Maybe that's where it comes from. Okay, well, let's just call it the wall then. So, spoiler ones if you've not seen the wall, the wall, Pink Floyd the wall, the wall from 1982. Mm-hmm. Alice, so you pick this one. So... <laughs> Do your best to say what it's about. Sure. Um, and then, more <laughs> importantly, why did you pick it? Is it underrated? Is it underseen? So, Pink Floyd The Wall is described as a surrealist psychological musical drama and is a combination of live action and animation used to convey metaphors. It is a film that is set to the album The Wall. It's directed by Alan Parker and written by Roger Waters of Pink Floyd. The film tells the story of a man and rock star called Pink, who we watch descend into madness. And we see the moments in his life that lead up to this descent, all starting with the death of his dad. And all the traumatic moments that happen throughout his life are the metaphorical bricks in his wall, eh? which he has constructed <laughs> to completely isolate everyone from him and isolate himself from everyone. So the wall, think of a metaphorical wall made up of all the traumatic and horrible moments of your life. That's what this film is. Oh, it's deepness. <laughs> it is. It's deep. It is deep. <laughs> it's penetrating, man. Guess dark. It guess dark. Um, 
Why did I pick it? Well, it was one of those where I thought it might be underseen. I thought mm. it might be underseen because are people going to watch this if they don't like Pink Floyd, if they don't know who Pink Floyd are, if they're not into their music, that sort of thing. Um, and then sort of trying to find it to watch for this, I did find that very difficult, so I don't think it's very readily available, which then leads me to think, oh, perhaps it is underseen. And it, in terms of box office, it kind of did all right, so mm. it wasn't like a financial failure at all. It is not underrated. Right, I'll okay. say that. Oh, oh right, okay. Back. That's interesting. <laughs> it's not underrated. That is It's probably appropriately rated. Appropriately rated, but, okay. but we'll get into that a bit later on. So the the underseen elements of this for me are just sort of quite personal because right. I only I only happen to see it because my dad. Obviously, I've talked before, my dad had such a huge influence on my film taste growing up, also had a huge influence on my music taste growing up. He loved Pink Floyd, I love Pink Floyd. He had the DVD of The Wall, I watched the DVD of The Wall. You know how it goes. <laughs> Very good. Okay, so <laughs> we're thinking it's underseen. I reckon and, so. And, and I reckon... Rated. I'm going to say you probably hadn't seen it. I I, no, I hadn't. No, I hadn't. No. Had you heard I'd, of it? Did you know yeah, it was I'd a heard thing? of it and I'd yeah. seen... I'd see, I'd see, so my my dad is also a big Pink Floyd fan. Very good. As I said to you, possibly when you picked it over text, he not to let people behind the curtain, but um, <laughs> he saw David Gilmore live on stage. <gasps> yes. I think at the Albert Hall in London, and it described it to me as the best day of his life. He has three children and one grandchild. So oh, well, he's got his priorities <laughs> in check. That man has so, so yeah. <laughs> listen, David, if you're listening. I'm always competing with you for my dad's love. Aren't we all? In fact, when he saw him, I believe Benedict Cumberbatch came on stage and sang one of the big ones, like Comfortably Numb or something with him. Really? Yeah, yeah I think it's on YouTube. Yeah, Benedict That's Cumberbatch. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So Sherlock, Doctor Strange, and Pink Floyd. Anyway, so, sorry, back to your question. I, yes, I had heard of this. Okay. I hadn't seen it, but I'd seen bits of it. You know, because some of it has made its way into music videos. You yes. know, sometimes when there isn't a music video for a song, yeah. So yeah. they just, so they just yeah. put, they cut together. Like sometimes you'll see it, particularly with older songs, where they'll just cut together live performance. Yes. Or whatever. Yeah, I've seen that. And sometimes they'll do a lyric video. Yeah. That's yeah. always a fun uh, one. <laughs> my favorite one is the ABBA ones, where it's just profile and side on. Yeah. Then. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly it's what you're talking all, about. It's just cuts, that's all it is. But anyway, um, so I've definitely seen bits of it into okay. cut, maybe when I've been seeing Pink Floyd songs on music channels and stuff, but that's all I knew about it was, okay. was that it was the album, The Wall. I'm not a massive Pink Floyd fan. No, I didn't think you would which, be, no. Which is probably going to inform my reaction to this film. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong, I can completely appreciate that people love them, mm -hmm. but it's just, you know, it's just not particularly my cup of tea not for you not um, for you and that's but cool. you know i did find the odd thing with this struggled with some of it as well but let's let's mm -hmm. get stuck into it then so when was the last time you watched it oh years and years yeah. ago i would say maybe when i was about 16 or 17 right, Carson, probably 25 years ago then right <laughs> well, <So. laughs> i mean is it no not quite i always <laughs> 25 Listen, years ago. Oh, you know? I get so mixed up with stuff. Remember when I thought I was in college in the year 2000 or oh, something? Yeah. I was like, yeah. you're in college when you were 10. You, you remember seeing Gone with the Wind at the cinemas first time round. Oh, like oh what a moment. Of, Piece like of history, that. Time Lord. Um, so yeah, I saw it like a long, you know, let's, let's be honest. Went back a few years ago. A lot, yeah, two or three years ago. Um, <laughs> and um, so what did you think watching it now as, as, a, as, a, as a not a college student? <laughs> Oh, I, I loved it even more. Uh, it was, I found it sort of as penetrating and as mm. impactful 
uh, as I did that first time around, I think, because my appreciation for Pink Floyd's music has enhanced over the years, as has, I think, my appreciation for a lot of the kind of old music that I listen to. So a yeah. lot of the music that sort of that I liked as a kid but was already old, so like Pink Floyd, The Doors, Fleetwood Mac, etc. My appreciation for them has just sort of got more intense as it's gone on. I love Pink Floyd, love the music, love this album. Um, and yeah, I had a I had a great time. I mean, I say great time. It's depressing and dark as hell. But <laughs> like it was, for me, it was just such a, a brilliant viewing experience, yeah. I think, on the whole. Um, so what what were your thoughts kind of initially like? So it's, it's <laughs> do you know what? It's Did you quite, like it? Would yeah, you it's, say no, that you liked uh, okay. it? I didn't. I didn't like it, but I didn't okay. hate it. All right. For me, it's quite. A, I've, put, I've made a note of this here. It's. I found stuff that I like. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. I, I find this one a tough one to talk about when you think about the structure of the pod because mm -hmm. it's almost beyond. It's almost like an art, a piece of art, isn't it? Yeah, because yeah. if you know, yeah. if you haven't seen it, like Alice has already touched on, it's really surreal. It's mm -hmm. very thematic. It's very metaphorical. So you can sort of take from it what you want to take from it right mm -hmm. and there are some issues in there which which i'll come on to but i, I did find stuff that i liked um but difficult because it's so conceptual really isn't it mm -hmm. that, that, that it's quite difficult to be like what did i like what did I? because like you said you enjoyed it but it's depressing as hell and it's mm -hmm. dark as hell and it's metaphorical so really it's like you know it's it's like almost like coming away from a uh i don't know it's like Coming away from a funeral and saying, wasn't it a nice day? Mm -hmm. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, interesting. Or, you know, how you, sh you know, everyone should, we talked about this before, everyone should watch things like Schindler's List, but you're not mm. going to, do you come away from it saying, I enjoyed it? Or do you come away from, say, from, from it saying, God, that was important and I'm glad mm -hmm. I watched it? So, mm. and I'm not saying that I felt this way about that in that it transcends that. Mm. But in terms of talking about it, I feel like that's the sort of approach I'm. I feel like we need to take. But I, but mm -hmm. but to answer your, your question originally, I found stuff that I liked. Okay, that's part of the battle. Yeah, <laughs> we exactly. did it. We got some good stuff. Yeah, in there. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you first, then, because you picked it. So watch it again. What do okay. you like about it? Oh, so much, Josh, so much. So I find it visually very dramatic and dark and I enjoy the surrealist elements of it. So there's some shots and animations in this that have a real impact on me as a viewer with lots of different styles being used to achieve that impact and to create feeling. So you've got things like Pink, as who's our, our main character, he's the protagonist, he, he's the he's Bob Geldof's character. So um, he's, he's a little boy dressing up in his dad's army uniform is like some of the imagery that's quite dramatic. And then the image fades between him and his dad who's fighting during the war. Uh, there's a moment where Pink and a group of his school friends take some bullets to a train track to see the train run over the bullets. And as the sequence comes to an end, the camera is in the tunnel that the train's coming under. And what you can see is just the silhouette of Pink walking away and he looks absolutely tiny and the tunnel looks absolutely massive. And I found this image just totally striking because he's completely in shadow, his environment's completely in shadow, just with like this light at the end of the tunnel, if you will. And I just found that really, really interesting. Yeah, like you said, there's a lot of really, um, whether you like it or you don't, there's definitely a lot of affecting imagery in this film. Mm-hmm. It's mm -hmm. it's very Pink Floyd, isn't it? Let's be honest. You know, it's, exa it's exactly it's, what you'd expect. It's ex it, isn't it though? That's what I thought the whole way through. <laughs> I was like, this is just. I feel like this is just 
it just matches up so well. Um, but then you've got the animation style as well, and the use of this means that the film is able to convey meaning with some of the songs in ways that might not have been possible with live action, as the images sort of merge into one another and objects transform into different objects or living things. So there's a sequence that goes along with the song Goodbye Blue Sky, and that hits me in my guts every single time, and that's used to sort of demonstrate the violence and the bloodshed and horrors of war. And there's things like birds turning into planes and blood dripping down crucifixes and people turning into corpses Ooh. and that and I love that song anyway and then to see that imagery going along with it it re like it really hits me that was probably like, my favourite really scene hits me oh it's brilliant isn't yeah, it yeah it was it probably good? my favourite scene it was definitely the, the one that was the most sort of uh, vis like visceral do you know what I mean mm. yeah oh so. I'm glad you said that that's brilliant um there's some quite chaotic montage editing in there as well that reminded me a little bit of Natural Born Killers or Fear and Loathing. Um, and this does, so it seems to be quite a common technique to illustrate madness or someone spiralling. And I found it to be quite effective in this instance. Um, and then to complement all this, as well as the visuals, you've got the sound that's used. And I don't, I'm not just talking about the fact that I love all the songs and that the songs were amazing. Um, but the way that the sort of diegetic sound complements the non-diegetic sound. And obviously this is Alan Parker again, like we said, and yes. he did Evita, which is another film we did. And some of it reminded me of that. So you know when there's the more kind of war slash battle slash fighting yeah. scenes, there's like the sounds of explosions and bullets and people screaming and just like these big loud things happening. And that's going along with the audio of the songs playing over the top and then the visuals of that happening. And it just had such an impact on me. Like, I just found it so dramatic and it just sort of really got to me. Like, the, the feeling that was coming out of the screen and what they were trying to convey. I assume what they are trying to convey because obviously, like I say, when it's metaphor and it's surreal, it's kind of open to interpretation, like mm. a painting. Um, but the whole thing, that the I guess the soundscape and the way that the whole film was constructed just really worked for me. Mm. That's the word, isn't it? Soundscape. It's a bit of a it's a bit of a sensory sort of thing, isn't it? In some of the scenes, like it's it's very careful choices around what you're seeing and what you're hearing, and how fast and slow you're hearing and seeing those things. So that's definitely one of the things that I liked about it, and that's why I also noticed it was Alan Parker, which means that I think this is the third Alan Parker film Indeed. we've done. So that'd be Evita, the Commitments, and this, yeah, yeah, and this yeah. is also the same editor as the Commitments. I believe. Is it? Yeah. Jerry, I've got That's his name here. Jerry Hamblin. So one of the, so one of the things I so I've got in my notes is that the, the real star of this for me is is the direction and the editing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um so, so there's a lot going on here, like you say, just to touch on what you've said, there's a lot going on here visually with the with the overall themes of the film and the execution of of, of all this all this metaphor and all this different visual styles that you say you've got art animation, but you've also got stuff that's really theatrical, stuff that's more kitchen sink you know there's bits of this that go from looking like a hovers advert to a terry gilliam film you yeah, know and excellent that's an excellent way to describe yeah it. like mm. like that's what it looks like so that's you know if you're looking for visual diversity that you know there's definitely that in here if that's what you're looking for um and and obviously the editing is a big part of that like you say one of the things that that is used to like say convey madness but also discombobulate the audience is really quick cuts so mm -hmm. it does it in like you know good examples there you gave of natural born killers but also another one that really pop uh, uh, comes to my mind is um and we'll probably never do it on the podcast because it's neither underrated or underseen but have you seen requiem for a dream of i have indeed i yeah. have indeed yeah so there's obviously it. the bit towards that where it where it really descends into this 
you know, parable about addiction and mm-hmm. how far people are willing to go and, and all that sort of stuff. And it does that and that when combined with music, very, again, very similar to this. So so I, I completely get what you're saying. I enjoyed some of the the wartime stuff. That was probably the stuff I, I found the most affecting, I suppose, mm-hmm. because it's the most real mm. um, in, in, in a way. I did think it really captured a good sense of hopelessness in the, you know, when comparing it to the war. Um, and it, you know, it was quite affecting. It it was quite dark in 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 places. But but so other than the visuals, what else? What else? Um, so I think, and this is try and sort of stay with me on this because I was trying to. It, it was funny. This is the one that I probably found the most difficult to write notes about because the things that I love about it, I can almost not articulate them, and I found that the most difficult. And I wonder if that's to do with the the way that the film is and what it is doing. Um, But I think that, so creating a film in this way and using the techniques that have been used works well with the themes that are being explored and the story that's being told. So it all just melds together so brilliantly for me. So as the audience, obviously you're aligned with Pink and you're sharing his experience and seeing everything from his point of view. And then because of his trauma and his mental health and his substance use, he is a bit of an unreliable narrator. Mm. So when when we manoeuvre sort of between the live action and the animation. It's almost like it's his brain sort of enhancing or personifying the more traumatic, excuse me. (laughs) You shouldn't laugh when talking about traumatic things, the traumatic, the truth These people, these traumatic (laughs) events. (laughs) Yes. So when we, he's, the animation sort of enhances and personifies the more traumatic moments of his life. And then he sees people sort of in his life and who he's known throughout his life as these grotesque beings sometimes. And then reality just feels completely distorted. And then I feel like when you're looking back into his memories as he does, the lyrics of the songs are his thoughts mm. and his musings that he is has that he is having as he looks back on these and that we get the visuals for them. And then just bouncing off that as well. Sometimes the sound and the images would move between the past and the present and then sort of blur together. And then it just really creates that feeling of being in a dream or having a memory. So like a noise or someone talking or whatever that's happening to him in the present, he'll feel it happening in the past or vice versa. Mm, And mm. this kept happening. And it's like, it almost... I just, I couldn't even write notes down as I was watching it because I was just, I was so hooked in a way that I feel like I would struggle to describe and well, that I've never had trouble describing before. If you look at other films you've chosen that you particularly like, it's definitely akin to them. You know, it's very lucid. Mm. It's very thematic. The lines between reality and fiction are blurred. Mm. It's very metaphorical. Like, there are so many concepts in this film and a lot of them are things that you know pink floyd touch on in their lyrics a lot of the time you know like i say i'm not a massive pink floyd fan but i may i i try and make a point of listening to you know i try of of getting out and getting a bit of culture so i will try and listen to make myself listen to albums i wouldn't pick Mm -hmm. so i have sat and listened to dark side of the moon and the wall and and you know you know other bands are available but you know that sort of thing (laughs) it isn't as i say it's not necessarily for me but i still think you should expose yourself to that Mm. Um, you know they're popular and they're massive for a reason you know the same way that people might not like everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist fitting into their schedule and of course the cost well better help can solve those problems it's totally online and built around your schedule it's surprisingly affordable too 
Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Beyonce or One Direction, but they are massively successful for a reason, so you can't sniff at that, you know? Mm -hmm. That's back to subjectivity. But anyway, there are so many conceptual things in this. You know, you've you've got things around like... Things ranging from existentialism to identi- identity, individuality, like you say, drugs and alcohol, substance abuse, addiction, mental health, death. And some of it, and I'll come on to the dislikes in a bit, you know, but some of it really it, it did stay with me. Mm. I did think later in the day it would pop into my head and, and I would think, I wonder what that meant. Or even just a particularly striking image. You know, sometimes a, a, a moment from a film may hit you later on in the day, particularly if you perhaps drifted off to sleep or or something like that. And, and that happened with, with this film. Um, so there's definitely a lucidity and a, a something there. And it's all in that really conceptual idea. But I can absolutely see why you love this. Yeah, like, do you, you know, like, like knowing like, oh, this yeah. is Alice. This is a bit of a, that is. Because it, it, but also I can see why people would like, that's not specific to mm. you. Some people like, you know, I can absolutely see how you'd watch this and get something out of it, but also enjoy that idea of, making your own mind up it's the same even people do like art and theater and uh, and music and everything do you know what i mean lots of any any part of culture has usually got a little bit of something like this in it and i can absolutely see why you really really so you liked it even more this time then i did yeah and i think because like i said as my appreciation sort of grows for the for the songs and for the albums and for the band then it's that kind of informs it as well because you you just I was listening to the lyrics extra hard and you know watching how how what was being sang went with what was on screen how it evolved sort of throughout the film and I just I think just hearing the songs as well like I don't think I've I don't think I've just sort of sat down and listened to Pink Floyd for years cuz like if I the most of the time during the day, if I'm listening to music, I've got the radio on. Yeah. Or if I'm out walking the dog, and if I do put Spotify um, playlist on, it's usually more. It's either sort of quite upbeat heavy metal, 
or <laughs> like dance songs and stuff, like yeah. things that have, that's got a bit of energy. Whereas most Pink Floyd songs don't don't really they're not high energy, but no. they tell stories. You very much and have I to just, choose to listen to them, don't you? Definitely, and it is a bit like that. And but when you do listen to it, or when I listen to it anyway, I just remember how good they are and mm. how much I love those songs. So for me, a lot of this was re-experiencing uh, re yeah. those songs again after so many years. And it was just like, fuck. And like like I've said already, but Goodbye Blue Sky, like I love that song anyway. And then to be presented with those images, you just forget. I forgot how dramatic they were. And, and obviously, like I've spoken so much before, but like my love and sensitivity when it comes to animals. Mm. So then you've got these birds and stuff transforming into these horrific looking, like, bombers, like ominous, they, dark yeah. presences in the sky and stuff. And it's just, ah, oh, it just got me deep, man. It got <laughs> me in my core. <laughs> okay, then. So we'll move on to talking about things that we perhaps didn't like about the film or that we change about the film. Um, now, Alice... You've been pretty glowing in the first mm. half, so I'm, I don't know if there's going to be lows. But on the other hand, you did also say it's not underrated. So either it's really highly rated and that reflects how much you love it, or you do have some stuff to say. Or oh, I think it's fucking shite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so what what do we think then? So there's, there's literally just two things, but I'm interested to then hear what you have to say, and I think you'll be able to give me some perspective and, and you know, I can get out of my little Pink Floyd bubble. Um, so the first thing is, obviously... It's not fun and it's not upbeat and it is quite surreal. So if you're not into this sort of dark and grim exploration of mental health and isolation, then this ain't for you. And I think that it's so, I think a lot of people would just see it and just be like, I I don't like this. I don't like him. I, you know, I can't relate to any of these characters. I can't, you know, where's the sort of the the you know the hero and the story and yeah. all that like none of that is, should, what, is in this what, what's drawing me in what should i like about him exactly. and the story etc i mean so are, I are you banging this on on a saturday night <laughs> i mean i, mean? I might but <laughs> i don't know i don't know about anyone else <laughs> but yeah I, it's not it's not for fun is it it's for it's to it, it's for a different kind of viewing experience yeah. i think um, the other thing is, uh, just in general, like some of the performances. So performances from the side characters aren't very strong and you often don't really get a great deal from Bob Geldof because he spends a lot of his time sitting or lying quite motionless for most of it because a lot of the stuff that we are seeing is his memories. So he's just lying there and we're like in his head as he's experiencing his own memories. So then a lot of the feeling and the emotion in the film is having to be conveyed in other ways, so then through the music, through the lyrics and through the style and not necessarily the actors. So I wonder if some people would perhaps struggle with that and then if you are if you are looking for top-notch acting, this isn't where you're going to find it. Like, there's no Oscar-winning performances in this film. No, there's not. And there's not There's not actually a great deal for actors to do. No, not, it's not at all, because our main heavy. character... It's not, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's very visual-heavy, isn't it? So Exactly, exactly. Um, but that was it. I couldn't think of anything else because I loved it so found, much. At least you found something. <laughs> I did, yeah. Balance, guys. So what about you then? Anything you didn't like or would change? I imagine there's going to be a couple um, of things. So I suppose the first thing to say is that I'm, I'm, like I've already touched on, I'm not that bothered on Pink Floyd. Mm -hmm. And I think if you if you don't, you know, the big draw for this is them, their music, mm -hmm. their style. And if you don't buy into that, it's probably going to be fighting a losing battle with you, which mm -hmm. it was with me a little bit. 
Um, so because of of that, it probably informed how I felt on the rest of the film. So I'll, I will be honest. I'll try not to be too harsh, but I did think conceptually and sort of thematically it disappeared up its own arse a little bit. Like, okay, I felt like I mean. felt Go like on. someone was going, you don't understand like emotions and theories and, and films and stuff. And like, <laughs> and this is what it's all about. And like, you don't know what's going on, man. Do you know what I mean? Okay, it was yeah. like being, it was like, you know, like I don't want to sound like a proper middle-class wanker, but I am. So, you know, you first go to uni and everyone's finding their personality and there's loads of mm-hmm. people being, like, stamping their personality on stuff. And it's just like, I just think, man, like, you know, what if we're all just, like, what if we're all just, you know, together? <laughs> and, you know, so, and I don't mean in a hippie way, in a sort of, like, nonsensical, I've got a take on the world that no one else understands. I'm original and I'm yeah, unique. Yeah, <laughs> I've got a philosophy on the world that no one else understands. Yeah. I, I, I'll tell you this much, buddy. No one does. Mm-hmm. Nothing um, new under the sun. You know, everyone thinks of the fucking joker spouting off about how anarchy is the only way to live, or, or all this bollocks. <laughs> you know, do you know what? Right? Sometimes it's not wrong with having a house, a car, and a little games console, and just enjoying your life with another half. And you know, <laughs> proud of my mortgage. Yeah, proud listen, of my mortgage. <laughs> we work hard for our mortgages. It's not. It's not easy. It's not like you could buy a house for a fucking quid a hundred years yeah, ago. Or exactly. So anyway, so because it's so. The first point to make is, so I did think it disappeared of its own arse a little bit. And because it's so conceptual, I felt like it was not always clear what was going on. Okay. So I felt like, I I did find it hard to become attached to some of the characters. Now, I know we touched on this before, I'm not going to go into it too much, but I like to like like my characters. Mm -hmm. This film isn't that. So it's not trying to make you like that. So I understand Mm -hmm. that. I'm not like, that's not almost a criticism of film. That's just a clash of wants and what I'm being presented with. you know, I am, but on the other hand, I am, I I like conceptual stuff. I like surrealist stuff. You know, I like it in books, art, theatre, that sort of thing. Again, not to sound wanky. <laughs> always. But I always did feel wanky. like, I, <laughs> I did feel like this was a little bit, it was almost trying to spin so many conceptual plates, it ended up as a bit of a jumbled up mess. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I felt like it was trying to overstretch with its concept. Mm-hmm. So in places, it was, you know, it seems to be dealing with identity and mental health and war and isolation and existentialism and addiction and all these things. And instead of picking one or two, it picked loads. So it ended up overstretching itself and sort of being a, about nothing. And then I find that sort of thing a little bit, like I've already said, a little bit self-congratulatory, a little bit like uh, I know stuff and, and you actually Have don't. Have you met Roger Waters? Come well, on, man. <laughs> no, I, I haven't met No, I doubt I ever will. Um, but but those, all those things you just said, though, they're all the bricks that in is, the and, wall. And that they? also, that is Pink Floyd. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying is if, if you're not into that, you're probably exactly, not. Exactly, yeah. You know, you're probably not into... Just like if you're not into dance routines and and whatever, you're not going to see a pop concert. Whereas mm-hmm. you know, with Pink Floyd, and you go to see a concert or you see a film like this, you're you're getting a, a an experience. Like that's mm-hmm. the, that's the whole point. Is it's taking you on a, like a, a metaphorical journey. Um, <laughs> I did think as well. It was a li- like as sort of leading on from that, a little bit pretentious. <laughs> so so there's bits where you know he Pink is a is a rock star. Mm-hmm. Which I had to Google, by the way. I couldn't follow it fully. That's not. It's not fully clear, is it? Because you don't see any about his journey 
to becoming the rock star. Like, it's you don't see the moment. Like, there's no moment of him getting signed. There's no him no. writing music just or is. any of that. It's because, though, it is, it is sort of, I think, a teeny tiny bit semi-autobiographical right. from Roger Waters' point of view because his dad... Was in the war as well. So, so I, I read about it that it was it was part Roger Waters, part Sid Barrett. Yes, and then but then part of one of the other guys as yeah. well. Like because when they, oh, I can't remember his name, but another one who was doing doing too many drugs, lost their mind. Mm. You know, it seemed yeah. a bit of a trend, really. Unfortunately, because the character is called, I believe, Pink Floyd. He's not just called yeah. Pink. It's like his full yeah. name is is Pink Floyd, but. So because of that sort of pretentiousness and because of that lack of clarity, there was bits where he seems to be, for example, at one point floating in a swimming pool whilst mm. thinking about the war. Mm. And I got that. I got that the war was his dad. Mm. But if but I had to read along as I was watching it. Oh, dear. Well, so yeah. because of that, it, it could look like, for example, that he was comparing himself to a soldier in the war. And, mm -hmm. you know, not being a rock star and being a soldier in the trenches are very, very different. And I think you're on dangerous ground if you start, you know, it's like the whole, it's hard for us too. Do you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> it, 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 it's not the same, mate. Do you know what I mean? It isn't, it isn't the same. So there was, you know, so, so there was that element, the conceptual and, and then that, I didn't really care about Pink because I didn't feel like I saw enough of why he felt that way because of that lack of clarity. And then the other thing is thematically, some of the stuff, for example, and I'd be interested to get your take on this, is some of the stuff thematically was really quite affecting. And I quite liked, like I said, I like the animations. I like the wartime stuff. I like the lot, the, you know, the lots of the comparisons to like fascism and, and that sort of stuff. It's very 1984 mm. in places. But on the other hand, there seems to be bits where it's sort of personifying his issues with women. Mm. And there does seem to be bits where he's like being chased by massive vaginas and stuff. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of that going and on. I'm yeah. a, and I'm a, little, I'm a little bit sick of brooding, brooding men who hate women and treat women <laughs> like shit. I've seen it so many times. I'm not interested in it. Get over yourself. It's misogynistic. Do you know what I mean? Having said that, this, this was made over 40 years ago. So Yeah, and he's know, not... Like, he's not likeable, and he's, no, not he's not a hero not. in the traditional sense. It's about... Because the way I read it is it's all about how these little, like, moments through his life have led to him to be like that, and they're not desirable qualities. No. Like, he's not... I'd, in my opinion, the way that I read the film, it's not saying, oh, yeah, all women are shit, and then this yeah, is why yeah. he's like that, and it's all the women fucking him over and all this. Yeah. It's like, he's done that to himself because of what happened with his dad, his relationship with his mum, what happened mm. to him at school, and then this sort of, the drug use and the alcohol use and all this, he starts isolating everyone from him, and then he sees everyone else as the problem, but he is he is the problem. He's done that to himself. That's the whole thing about the wall is he's done that to himself. He's built that wall around him where everything outside of it is scary and a problem and out to get him. So, oh, he's safe in here sort of thing, but that's not a good thing. Like, because he's yeah. gone mad. <laughs> I think I think that's I think that's a fair comment, and I think I think that is the two sides of the interpretation of this film. I think, and I think if like you, you're into it, that's what you'll see. Whereas me, mm. because because I was fighting a bit of a losing battle with me finding it a bit all over the place and a bit pretentious. Maybe I started looking for stuff that other people like yourself would take as oh no, it's it's actually this. 
But that's the thing, to come back to it, thing. perhaps that is the strength of the film. Because that is the exact sort of thing you would say about a play or a piece of mm. art or a piece of music about what does this mean? Mm-hmm. Open to interpretation. So, so, it's not just A, B, C, let's do this and move on to here and all yeah. that. Like it's, 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 yeah, it is more, it's more sort of artistic expression than anything else. And then it's up to you, the viewer, to do with that what you will. Yeah, yeah. Okay then, so we'll move on to talking about the critical reception then. Now, I haven't seen the critical reception analysis. Mm-hmm. You mainly picked it because you thought it was underseen, but we'll talk mm-hmm. about it anyway because that's what we do. It's part of it, part of the process. Um, how do I think it did? I imagine, it's difficult this one because you'd think, it, my first thought was that, that the critics would love it and the audience wouldn't really be bothered on it, but I reckon mm-hmm. there's not there's not going to be loads of audience who are going to seek it out who wouldn't like it because they're Pink Floyd fans, right? Mm. I wouldn't seek this out. No. So it's not that much of a surprise I didn't like it, whereas you and your dad love Pink Floyd, so you would seek it out to watch Mm -hmm. it, and therefore you would probably enjoy it. So it's all rolled into that sort of, into that band and them as a a product. Mm. Um, I reckon it probably got in the sevens. Okay. Um, I'd give it in the fives. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, that probably sounds like it's being overly Uh-oh. critical. I'm going right down the middle because it's just not you for ha- you. It's just but not it's, for it's, you. It's, it's it's not. But we watched it. We digested it. We both had interesting points to make on it. So, mm. as a creative, you'd probably think I'm, I, I'd like this. You'd better. You'd rather this got a reaction than no reaction. Um, that's a very good point. Do you know very what I mean? Point. So. Yeah. so that's that's why I'm saying it's five out of ten. There you go. That'll do. <laughs> Comfortably numb is a great song. It is. Um, it is. Brick in the wall bang. is a great song. Another so brick in the wall, part one, two, yeah, and three. And, th- and three. <laughs> uh, so go on, lay it on me. How did it do? Rightio. So at the time of recording, over on IMDb, it gets eight out of ten, and okay. then over on Rotten Tomatoes, the critics give it seventy-two percent, and then the audience. Give it 89%. Wow. Mm-hmm. So 89 from the audience. 72, mm-hmm. was that from the critics? Yes, 72 from the critics. So that averages out at 80. Is it? Yeah, bang yeah, on eight. Just above, but yeah, let's rounded it down to, to 80 or 8 out of 10. Mm. So look, you know, for me, that is overrated. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's such a difficult one to score. Mm. what would you say is that appropriately rated that's yeah for me that's appropriate yeah. like if if i'm when considering about other films that we've done the emotional reaction that i had to this the way that i felt when certain songs started up like yeah to put those songs with those images uh, like you say because i didn't know i went into this thinking could you even like this if you don't like pink floyd and i was like i think maybe you could because you get a lot of the story through the lyrics like and it matches up but then after hearing what you've said and every like so much of it for me is just because i love those songs so be real alice come on but maybe that helps lean into the fact that it is underseen because if yeah, you don't maybe. like pink floyd already are you gonna watch this i don't know yeah, exactly. So what are you saying then? So obviously you're saying it's appropriately rated. I'm saying it's overrated. Are we putting it to a vote and saying it's underseen? Uh, yeah, yeah. Because it was pretty hard to do. get. It was pretty hard to get hold of. It so, was hard to get hold of. Do we get much? Do we get anything on the box office? Uh, so it cost about twelve million to make, and it got twenty-two million back. 
and its opening weekend, it did pretty well. There was a lot of famous people at the premiere, stuff like that. So it, it didn't do too bad, really. So, so it did all right, but you're not, it did all right. It's, it's not necessarily easy to get all of 42, 41 years later, is it? No, exactly. So... And I can't imagine people. I just can't see. I can't see it getting a new audience, basically. No. Well, there we go. Uh, the Wall is um, underseen and split decision, so we'll put it to you guys out there. What do you think? Is 80% slash 8 out of 10 fair for The Wall, or did you not like it like I did? It's very <laughs> difficult because it, I think it boils down to, if you like Pink Floyd, you'll probably like it. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean like Pink Floyd in the way that you you know you like a couple of songs, like if you are a fan. Yeah, if you're that's a fan the difference, of Pink isn't Floyd. it? Not, yeah. oh yeah, I heard another brick in the wall on the radio yeah. or whatever, but have you listened to the wall front and back? Yeah. Not that I'm gatekeeping. I'm not one of those dickheads. <laughs> that, oh, you only like Pink Floyd if you've listened to yeah. the whole album. But no, but you probably just need <laughs> to be... Hidden, have you heard the hidden track? Well, You probably just need to be <laughs> a bit more than a casual listener to yeah. really get something from this. All right. Absolutely. I think that's I think that is the benchmark for if you'll like it. So yeah. <laughs> but we'll see. We'll put it out to you guys uh, on Twitter. Anyway, uh, we will be back next week with another episode in your ears. In the meantime, if you'd like to get in touch with us, it's films that pod at gmail.com. Uh, we're on Patreon as well. If you're looking for a little bit of extra content, episodes a day early, head on over. There's a few bits there, hopefully that you'll like if you want to throw in some spare change and uh and we'll we'll you know any support you can give us is much appreciated. It's patreon.com forward slash just films and that, but the link is in the episode description. We're also on all social medias. It's uh, just films and that. Just look for us on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, all of them, really. All of them. <laughs> um, yeah. The whole shebang. And uh, we're, we're also on the television, aren't we, Alice? We are indeed. Every Friday evening from 6 pm, you can find me and Josh talking about all our favourite underrated and underseen films on the local TV network. So if you live in Birmingham, Bristol, Leeds, Liverpool, or the northeast of England, you can find us on Channel 7 on Freeview. Or if you live in North Wales or South Wales, you below Wales can't even get the name of my home country. Uh, so which person are you? That is embarrassing. If you live in North Wales or South Wales, we're on Channel 8 on Freeview. Also, guys, I am uploading these videos to Daily Motion. Oh. If you ever go on Daily Motion, so if you search just films and that, you can see the episodes on there. So you can see what I'm talking about when I say <laughs> that we're on the telly. You can see how we did it. <laughs> if how you do don't you put believe a podcast? us. How do you put a podcast on telly? They said, well, I'll show you. Go on the Daily Motion page. Just search oh. just films and that and you'll find us. <laughs> yes, lots of ways to see us, hear us, all that sort of stuff. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next week it's goodbye from me cheerio bye planning for your next trip Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.